era, many are, uh, many are Christian in the cheapest sense of the word. Just take a moment to reflect on the reactions you encounter. Uh, I made a list of three. So the first one being Christians uh, believe they are better than others. Number two, Christians do not read the Bible they follow. And finally, number three, Christians do not realize the origin of their religion. There are so many things we could add to this list like this. However, I want you to understand one thing. Almost none of them are true. Jesus was, a, uh, was Jewish and came from the chosen people as reflected in the Old Testament. It is important to remember that Jesus, as we understand him, is the Messiah's Messiah of the Jewish religion. This had nothing to do with anything Western. And this brings me to a key point. All of us are adopted by Jesus into faith. Without Jesus, there is no hope for anyone outside the Jewish faith system. Jesus is sent into the world by the Father in order to reconcile everyone. As we read, and if you have your Bibles, please join me in this one. This will be in Romans 5, chapter 5, verse 8. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We were all once heathens, people doused in sin and slaves to our transgressions. But when Jesus would ultimately die on the cross, we were provided an undeniable opportunity. Still, Jesus came to the earth not as a conqueror, but as a baby. Today, we will be reading from the passage in Matthew. This is chapter 2, if you don't mind turning with me. This will be verses 19 through 23. I'm going to read the entire passage. But when Herod died... Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose, and took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there, and being warned in a dream, he withdrew to uh, the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in the city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. Now, let me tell you that that name is a little hard to say. The right way to say it is Archelaus, I think is right, Ar you got to get that phlegm. I can never quite get that phlegm. All right, so here we read from the, for the third time an encounter Joseph had with an angel. It is also uh, done in the same way through a dream. However, the angel has no longer called for something very specific. Let us go back to the first encounter and read the angel's words found in Matthew Chapter 1, verse 20. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not 
fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. The word choice here is notable. God knew in the verse found in Matthew 1.20, Joseph was afraid of the situation. Mary, his soon-to-be wife, was pregnant. Joseph saw this as a complete disgrace. However, when the angel came to him in his dream, he tells Joseph, do not fear. All of us live in fear for situations placed in our path. Fortunately for us, we have the Bible to show us that God's grace abounds. As Lalo has clearly noted in previous sermons, our response is derived in fear, which can lead to sin. Stay faithful, friends, for God's grace abounds. There is hope for us. Even when we are at our lowest points, remember that God is faithful to save and that when we wear the armor of God and bear the fruit of the Spirit, we are completely prepared for the most dangerous situations. So let's return to chapter 2. In Matthew chapter 2, the angel announces good news. Herod and all those who sought the death of Jesus are dead themselves. This was also a point of fear in Joseph. Many of us have experienced situations where the outcome could be crippling for us, leaving a, uh, leaving a comfortable situation and diving into unknown, into the unknown is complicated in our minds. But we must trust in the Lord because there is hope for us. When I'm reminded of situations of fear, I remember a moment in time when I felt driven to take a bold decision. You see, I was just out of college. In fact, it was my graduate program I had just finished. And I was looking for a career, but I was uh, currently doing a job at a children's museum. I had been there nearly two years and finally made my way as a shift lead and group organizer. There were both high these were both high visibility situations within the museum However, I was uncomfortable with many of the positions our management had taken about their employees. But at the same time, I heard that other employees were feeling much the same way as I was. My goal was not to work there for the rest of my life. But I also was afraid to let go of this position I had spent so long building toward. At the same time, I was searching for that first office job which was the whole point of going to college in the first place. Nothing in those interviews was going my way. Everything I saw, or at least went out to do, uh, disqualified me from even breaching that, that wanted acceptance. But I felt God was calling me toward a brave action. This brave action, while it sounded stupid on the surface, I might add, was calling out the leadership on the questionable actions they had been taking. Uh, to sum up, the reactions of this administration is uh, looking for ways to fire me. Uh, they, they were not happy with me after I had done, uh, pointed out some things. They put me in every situation they could to get me fired. But at the same time, 
I finally got an interview with Boeing. The job would be in Alabama, and that was, that's another story altogether of how that goes. It would be in Alabama, <laughs> but I had the trust in God and his path for my life. And as the pressure at my work became more intense, the path God created became clearer. I had been offered a job at Boeing, which was fantastic. Something I had not expected. And at the same time, I was able to be a good steward to the people who trusted me to tell the truth. So returning to the narrative in Matthew 2, Joseph needed to decide how to proceed. When we are told by God to go, we must go. Joseph understood this truth. But God requires us to act in faith. Here, like many before him, Joseph obeyed, but made a human plan so that Herod's son, Archelaus, or Archelaus would not get into any funny business. I want you to recognize that the angel gave Joseph important information that Joseph ignored. The angel in our passage today specifically said in verse 20, rise, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. And here's the part you need to hear. For those who sought the child's life are dead. Let's all take a step back and reflect on Joseph has, Joseph's hesitation to believe that all those who sought the death of Jesus were dead themselves. Often when we are obeying God, we do not, we do so with a level of hesitation. I want you to hear this. Fear is a normal response to uncertainty. Every single one of us have failed to do exactly what God has called us to achieve because of our sinful thoughts or because of our fear of harm. But remember that God is almighty. He knows his servants and cares for their well-being. Uh, we continue to read that Joseph went to the land of Galilee, setting, uh, settling in the city called Nazareth. This action, while it may have been done in hesitation, hesitant obedience, fulfills a prophecy. According to the gospel writer Matthew, who states, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he, Jesus, would be called a Nazarene. Where might Matthew in the final statement have gotten the idea that this is fulfilled by prophecy? Does anybody go read the Old Testament? Because I had to go look this one up myself. As we learn in this is in Isaiah for all of you. Please, if you don't mind turning with me, this is in Isaiah 11, chapter 11, and this is verses 1 through 5. And you can let me know if this sounds like Jesus to you. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or dispute by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide the equity of the meek. 
of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. For all of you out there, we need to go into the word Nazarene, which has a deep connection with the words stem, small branch, and even twig. Because we don't, uh, because we don't know, let me explain the significance of this comparison. Nazareth is in the no- northmost part of Israel. Here many foreigners came to live and therefore it was considered a small branch in terms of Israel. Nazareth was insignificant. Not much was expected from its people. In the final Gospel of John, we can hear the words of Nathanael spoken about this place. So this one is in John chapter 1, verse 46. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nothing was expected from this place. And yet here comes Joseph bringing a young child who has been sent by God to change us all. Remember, there is hope for us. Even when you believe you've hidden yourself from the Lord or from society, God knows your hiding place. And here God is allowing the salvation of the world to grow in this forgotten place. But none of you are forgotten. All of you are remembered by the one who created you. This passage is crucial in more ways than can be shared in a brief discussion between believers. As a summary from what we've read so far, Joseph receives a message from an angel that he is to return to Israel. Rather than returning to Jerusalem and living there, he goes to the very north into Nazareth. As, we, as a result of this uncertainty and, fe- and fear, he helps to fulfill prophecy as described by Isaiah. Now, let me turn to you. How will you respond to your uncertainty? How will you respond to your own fear? We know now God's grace has no boundaries. We also know that God provides us forgiveness for our sins. But this leads us to a third question. How will you respond to this new hope? This is is another passage we'll read. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. It states, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do this in gentleness and respect. At one point, all of us were trapped to our sin. And when we see it in others, we view a reflection of ourselves. I want you to remember a few things as we close up today. And then I will ask you a question. First, The wise men did not follow the Jewish faith. They were foreigners from the east. These men sought out a king by following stars. From these men, I want you to reflect that all of us, before we were believers, 
were offered guideposts to reunite us with our Creator. God's grace shows us the direction we should go in order to reconcile ourselves to Him. Second, Herod demonstrates that we are flawed, our human nature begging us to sin. However, we do not need to follow Herod. Remember that Herod never accomplished the morbid task of killing Jesus. Herod's life ended with a son who never took his kingly throne. As you may hear in later passages, Israel, after the death of Herod, uh, becomes, uh, goes back to Rome once again, and Rome institutes governors over the area of Israel. No longer will the name of Herod be seen as strength in this area of the world. Arculeus, the chosen heir of Herod, becomes little more than a figurehead and a footnote in history. Finally, we have this hope. None of us were born in the Jewish faith, and all of us have sought out a man called Jesus, who died on a cross for our sins, in order that we may follow him. In our passage today, we have heard the words in Matthew 2, 19-23, of a hope springing up and beginning to fulfill prophecy. Glory to God in the highest. Now let me ask you this question. How will you respond to this hope we have? Will you hesitate? Will you do the bare minimum? Or will you act demonstrating that we were once all heathens to God? Listen to the words spoken again from Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let us pray. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually come. You have given the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and the cruel man. For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord. From, your, from my youth upon you I have leaned from before my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us.